Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 447. Let's not forget this dying art form and those who created it, of building cars by hand. Each one-off is an immortal sculpture in motion that lives on long after those who created them. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Josh Lang. Josh, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I sure am, Mark. All right. Great to have you here. Josh Lang studied mechanical engineering in college before transferring to Savannah College of Art and Design. And there he had an opportunity to design and build the EXO Spider, which debuted at Amelia Island Concours in 1999. And since then, he's worked on numerous automotive design and build projects, including the Pangea, a one-off SEMA car that showed up at SEMA in 2003. And since then, the Tomasima 4 project with Tom Mead and a rebody of the Pangea have been on his plate. His LC3 Spider was built to showcase the evolution of his design after four years of working with the master Tom Mead of Modena, Italy, who was mentored by the maestro Medardo Fantuzzi. <laughs> okay, there's a lot of Italian there. Joss, I have told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share a little bit more about your career, the fun you're having building cars, and your passion for automobiles? Sure, absolutely, Mark. And by the way, the Italian pronunciations were always something that Tom would help me with. As, <laughs> as an American that, that spoke fluent Italian, it was always amazing. Every day I would hear him on the phone, Como va? And just, you know, just <laughs> the most amazing. And that's part of what his key to success was, was that he, he was a, an American that spoke fluent in Italian in a time when few did. Mm -hmm. But again, my specialty is custom coach design and fabrication, Mark. 
and that's really where my passion lies. I studied mechanical engineering as a as a means of of achieving that goal, and and uh, I realized at some point that that was not quite the path that was leading to my fate. And I I found a, a wonderful design school out in Savannah, Georgia, the Savannah College of Art and Design, where we had a, a great opportunity to build a one-off prototype, the Exo Spider, which was not corporately funded. The college backed the project, so unlike many schools that have had those kind of projects, we had a, an open plate and a wonderful ability to create something completely new. Wow. You know, it's so cool. Um, and I love the whole aspect of what you're doing because what Cars Yeah is all about are people that have figured out how to wrap their passion into their vocation. And you figured that out pretty early on that you wanted to be out designing and building cars, right? Oh, absolutely! It, the Exo Spider was really uh, a turning point for me. It was a it was a really nice way to see that it was possible to create a design and build it and build it to a functional level and have something that could be shown at the Concorde Elegance at Amelia Island, and then at the same time it, we moved it up to Eyes on Design Detroit and uh, the New York Auto Show, where it was received very well. Very cool. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about these other projects. We're going to learn about how what it was like to work with Tom. But first, as we continue on your journey, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success. And I like to say it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Josh, take the wheel. Well, thank you very much. I love taking the wheel. <laughs> I knew you did. <laughs> <laughs> My inspirational quote really stems from the upbringing that I have. I come from a family of academics. My father was a PhD in applied mathematics from MIT. Wow. Taught at UCLA. My mother had a master's from UCLA in architecture. And in addition, I have literally four family members that are PhDs in biostatistics including my brother Ethan who has uh, who was uh, recently published in the New England Journal of Medicine Holy for cow. discovering the first prostate gene. Oh my gosh, you have a family of smart genes. Well, they did and what my father did, he really loved what he did and it's kind of funny what his favorite uh, problem was. My father's favorite mathematical concept was the perturbation theory and how even a slight slowdown in traffic would eventually create a stop. And you can only imagine, having lived in Los Angeles, how <laughs> yes. much time he had to, to think about that equation. <laughs> All day long. So and he really he, he encouraged me to follow my passion, and he encouraged me to do the best that I could and never, never do anything half-assed. Mm, wonderful. So that's your mantra, that's your success quote, was that, that mission, that message from your father, right? Absolutely, and I've taken it through through all of my work. It's it's I I put myself a hundred percent in anything I do. Fantastic. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment, as you can recall, back in your life somewhere that you really realized you were a car guy? Oh gosh, there's been several, but if I was to point specifically at one that really made a change was when I was studying mechanical engineering at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo which is one of the leading mechanical engineering schools in the country. 
we were in a group of uh, five students, and we were assigned to design and build a, a rubber band powered car, of all things. <laughs> yep. And I just, the light bulbs turned on in my mind faster than I could, you know, could imagine. And I had so many ideas about how this thing should be constructed. And I felt like I had a, was starting to spend very quickly about 90% of my time explaining these to these other four students and less and less time to discover my own ideas. Hmm. So I actually eventually asked the professor if I could work alone. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that, you know, perhaps maybe mechanical engineering wasn't the end all for what my path was. And that's when I discovered the Savannah College of Art and Design, which had this very uh, fledgling program, which then was really enabling students to follow their passion. It was a, it was an, a really phenomenal time at, at the school where we had students following up on their boat design ideas and car design ideas. And that brought in a class that we had with the grad students where one of them designed the Exo Spider. Neat. which was a beautiful clay model that he did. And then they actually brought that into a design studio the following semester, and we decided that we were going to build this as a fully functional prototype. And the beauty of that was that we brought in some pretty heavy hitters. Dr. Ron Finger had one of the most exotic Ferrari collections in the country, arguably, for quite some time. Wow. The bread van GTO passed through his hands. Mm -hmm. He had another GTO. Beautiful. Just the collection goes on and on. And his fabricators were the ones that led that project. Nice. So we got a real, real nice immersion in vintage Ferrari. Ron also has a beautiful Cobra of extremely rare example, which he gets called for several times a year for the 427-based supercar. People are unsuccessfully trying to talk him out of. <laughs> yes. People with great cars usually get invited to all sorts of cool things. So, you know, that's really cool that you got to do that. And I think it's great that you found out early on where your passion really was laying, where you needed to go with it, and that you're able to make that pivot and that switch at an early point. So many people get all the way through four years of school, and then they go, oh, this isn't what I want to do. And then they have to either go back or do something different. So um, you're fortunate for that. Let's crawl under the hood here and talk a little bit about a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way in your career, your business. Something that really pushed you to a breaking point, and the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that situation, and even more importantly, what did it teach you? Well, gosh, you know, I don't feel any any more comfortable anywhere than under the hood, as you might guess, Mark. <laughs> and I would say that the project that I just completed, the LC3 Spider, really pushed me to the brink, and it was it was an amazing challenge that. I, I posed to myself, I managed to rebody the Pangea. In other words, I customized my custom. Mm -hmm. And I started by taking a Sawzaw to a beautiful magazine cover car, just simply because I really wanted to, to showcase even further the development of my design since I had worked with Tom Mead and had the Fantuzzi legacy to continue. Oh, wow. So, I challenged myself to get this done as soon as possible. I finished the rebody in nine months. And first, I sculpted a foam manichino. 
the foam manichino, unlike a wire manichino of the older Italy, which Tom was the manichino man on his builds, mm-hmm. it allows for, for me to see the form so much better than you don't have to fill in the gaps with your eye as a designer. Oh, yeah. Really is a nice way to get the surface and the subtleties of the form, which are so important. Mm-hmm. And, and especially when you get a real tight surface. So from there, we pulled epoxy molds, and then I created an aerospace carbon body for the rear end that literally from the doors back is 45 pounds. And then I threw in some carbon Kevlar wheel wells, which bumped it up another five pounds between the two of them. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So it it weighs a whole 50 pounds on the rear end. Now this is a beautiful aerospace carbon. These it's a pitch carbon, Mark. I don't I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but the pitch carbon has some wonderful wonderful qualities. Mm-hmm. It absorbs vibration it, it amazingly well. It dissipates heat and it has in this case in the door skins and the rear end where i used it in this application i had i achieve a 50% stronger body panel than any kevlar or low modulus pitch carbon that's available wow this is the absolute cutting edge of carbon fiber and from speaking with my manufacturer there's only 3 of them that produce pitch carbon they're all located in japan wow from the aerospace industry? From the aerospace industry. The one that I chose has a a very consistent thread size, and they're able to achieve a much smaller thread diameter than the other two manufacturers. And so what it enables me to do as a a carbon fiber guy is take a a very thin layer of carbon on the skin, which creates... next to no print through. Wow. So as the car was at the last show, I had several comments about uh, that being the smoothest carbon fiber work people had ever seen. Well, because usually you see that pattern in it, even if they lay nice paint down. Absolutely, you do. It looks a little mottled or doesn't look quite smooth as glass. And I've come up with, I've been using carbon fibers for so many years, I've come up with several proprietary techniques that all but eliminate that. Very cool. Now, was there a big difference between the first version of the car and this new rebodied version as far as weight? Oh, yeah. Gosh, I shed, just in the doors, I shed uh, 30 pounds per door. Oh, my gosh. From uh, The door skins themselves weighed in at four pounds with this oh, uh, with this system, and they're just as strong as steel. Now, again, it gets its strength from the flex, so they'll flex further before they break than any other material. Wow. Wow. This is really fascinating. I have a feeling we could talk forever about that alone, but I want to move through the questions here. So let's shift gears and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story about a career aha moment. I like to say it's a time when the headlights come on and illuminate your way for for a new idea, a new direction that you had. And Tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. Well, gosh, there was certainly one that that uh, that just ran chills down my spine when it happened. It was uh, one day I was over at a friend's house who just happened to be the, the gentleman whose father was building the engine for my Corvette, which I was hot-rodding. <laughs> And in my typical way, a 427 big block with all the, the, the racing parts. Yeah, baby. 
<laughs> you know it. And he just, you know, it was funny. He had rebelled against his father, who was a was a, a big drag racer in Savannah, Georgia, and had gone to the lowrider side of things. <laughs> so Skip, as the rebel, says to me, Josh, you know, that's great, but anybody can hot rod a car. Why don't you do something different? Why don't you stylize it and make it your own? And he said, how about a pinstripe on the inside of the door? And I swear to you, Mark, as he finished that sentence, I got a cold chill across my body. And <laughs> I instantly knew that I had to design and build my own supercar and that I could. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> having, having built the Exo Spider recently, yeah. it was a no-brainer for me. So within a week of that, I was literally cutting my car up and creating a foam manichino as we had done with the Exo Spider. Mm -hmm. And with that project, it was amazing. Sight unseen for something so unusual. I had some, got some amazing sponsorship. I had Sparco, Holly, McLeod Racing, Autometer, MSD, Heinz Brothers Performance, Vintage Air, Vet Breaks in Performance, Richmond Industries with the Richmond Transmission. Oh, yeah. And so many more that literally provided support for the project without seeing it because it sounded so novel, which was an Italian fusion of design and American muscle <laughs> in an all-new concept. Nice, nice. I love it. So in 2003, when the car was all together, I had Bill Warner, the founder of the Amelia Island Concord Elegance, over to my house uh, through friends, which was really, really nice. And Bill's first words on seeing the car were, it looks like a 50s-era Ferrari, and I quote that. <laughs> nice. And I tell you what I said, Bill, you see it exactly like I designed it. Yeah, yeah. Bill is an awesome guy. He's been a guest here on Cars, yeah. Of course, his event, the Amelia Island Concourse, such a prestigious event. And for you to get to attend that event, take a car to that event, what an honor. And, you know, it kind of leads me to my next question, and that has to do with proudest career moments. I assume you've had many with the different things you've created, but is is there one that stands out for you? Yeah, I would say so, Mark. I would say so. I had a great moment uh, in 2014 after spending 2,000 hours in the design of the fifth-scale model of the Tomasima 4, both the body and the tub. I had a presentation with Jim Glickenhouse, a private one. Oh, wow. At the, uh, in the Cypress Room of the Lodge at Pebble Beach overlooking the concept lawn. Mm -hmm. We had Paulo Gurea there as well, who was the ex-chief engineer of Pininfarina, as you might know. Mm. And it was, it was an amazing event in honor of Tom Mead, who was both a friend of ours and uh, somebody we admired the work of. Yes. Wow. That must have been amazing. And I've never met any of those gentlemen. I know of them, of course, and I've been chasing as we talked in our pre-show chat about uh, getting Jim on the show. But not having met Tom uh, must have been an amazing guy to work with. Absolutely. And the beauty of this this coming together was that here we had the Glickenhaus pedigree, we had Pininfarina pedigree, we had Tom Mead pedigree, and we had my pedigree, which I definitely would like to say added to the group. Yeah. And here's the thing is that, you know, it's an amazing 
thing that we had these guys together. And part of the reason why Jim has been so supportive of my project and, and working on this Tomasima 4 is that he had actually offered to buy the Tomasima 3 in, in the early 70s. Mm. And not only that, but Jim had had a sit-down with Tom Mead and Kennedy. Wow. And they had a handshake agreement to build the next Nembo for Jim. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, due to some existential circumstances, that fell through. Mm-hmm. But there was always, uh, Tom and, and Jim were f- good friends. And Tom stayed with Jim in 2008 when he sold his California Spider mm-hmm. to Marcel Mancini. <laughs> It's a small world. Yeah, especially up in those uh, elevated areas of car values. Very, very cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? Well, gosh, you know, it's kind of a whimsical car, and it's uh, it's a little one. It was a Triumph Spitfire, Mark. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Let me tell you, I took the top off of that thing as soon as I got it. I live in Los Angeles and park in a garage, so... There was there was never a convertible top on that thing. Nice. And there was like I think I told you earlier, there's nothing like Lucas Wiring and Stromberg Ooh, carbs to yes. teach a <laughs> to teach a growing young lad how to work on a car. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. We I'll tell our listeners we were having a little pre show chat about that and I mentioned that uh the last time I had somebody on the show that we spoke ill of Joseph Lucas, my computer crashed, so we're not gonna say anything bad about him today. Are we? <laughs> Absolutely not. No. It, 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 it continued running until I would manage to trade it in for an RZ350 two-stroke motorcycle. Oh, cool. Which, unfortunately, pretty close after that, I crashed that. Ouch. Apparently not mature enough for bikes. Yeah, bikes, uh, yeah, they can do that to you. Absolutely. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've let go that you really wish you had back in your garage? Yeah, but it, oh gosh, if you don't mind if I bring you back to the next car, which really kind of led me into where I am with my design. Yeah, sure. The next car that I had was a 71 El Camino, big block. Oh gosh. <laughs> which I loved driving for its size and its power. Mm-hmm. And so there was this thing where I had the size and the power, but now I had a roof over my head. So... Ultimately, in the end, the LC3 Spider brings together the best of both of those worlds uh-huh. with a small, exciting, fun-to-drive, lightweight Spider and a big block power plant. <laughs> Very cool. You know, it kind of reminds me of like the Pantera, the the Mangusta, Isogrifo, of course, ah. Italian design, a big power U.S. power under the hood. So, uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. I love those. Absolutely. Yeah, I love those. Now, how about that seller's remorse question? Well, gosh, you know what? I kind of have it in anticipation more than in the past, you know, because uh, I just finished this LC3 Spider and, and I'm working on the Tomasima 4. And, you know, I kind of have to listen to the advice that Tommy taught me. Mm-hmm. It was a simple story. It's about a cake maker. Hmm. And it's simple. It, he said, Josh, a cake maker 
that eats all of his cakes <laughs> does not stay in business very long. Yes, yes. That's a great story. <laughs> as much as I would love to continue eating my cake, I drive my cars. I, I enjoy them. But also, I think it's important as a designer and as an artist to share them yeah. and, and even give them up so I can continue to do this. Absolutely. Yeah, there's that other saying about cakes and eating them too. But uh, I, I like Tom's. That's absolutely fantastic. Now, let's talk a little bit about current projects and what you're working on right now and, and what you see in this coming year. We're in the new year here, 2016. Can you share a little bit more about this new project? Absolutely. I'm, I'm really looking forward to continuing work on the Tomasima 4 build. It's going along great. The tub that I did, it's basically, it's a very sculptural form that uh, when Tom Ede and I met, it was uh it was a moment where he was actually at the the local Ferrari meeting and I kinda like to tell you how I came about this whole thing. I, I came to LA with the Pangea in tow mm -hmm. on May eighteenth, two thousand and nine. I arrived in Westwood, just had about enough time to take my shoes off and get them ready and get change shoes and get ready to go out for dinner when an earthquake struck oh goodness <laughs> fateful earthquake yeah welcome to la well 20 minutes later mark we're walking down into westwood and i walk by a computer screen and i was stopped dead in my tracks by the most beautiful car rim you've ever seen on that screen wow. and a large group of people gathered around it and first thought was, wow, that's beautiful. And my second thought was, what a great opportunity to promote my Pangea supercar. Yeah. So that's when I went into my probably pre-prepared, I don't know, somewhat, uh, I was hoping that I'd get to meet somebody to say this to. And I said, gosh, I'm in Los Angeles to promote my Italian-inspired supercar, 60s-era-inspired supercar, the Pangea. And... All of a sudden, an older gentleman chimed up, I'm Tom Mead. Oh, my gosh. What? And I, I, <laughs> now, granted, I was very inspired by the Italian designers when I did the Pangea, and the GTO was one of those cars that really got my heart. But I continued in my plea about I was this guy that, that was had a fusion of 60s Italian design and American muscle. And again, this man chimed up, I'm Tom Mead. <laughs> and I, at that point, I got out of my pitch and I looked around and I saw that all eyes on that table were on him. Mm -hmm. And all at once, Mark, I realized that I had just met somebody very important. Oh, yeah. And when I rushed home to see who Tom Mead was, I realized that I had just met one of the most important names in Italian Ferrari design and the last living designer of that era. Wow. Wow. How, how fortuitous that you would be walking down the street after going across country, arriving in LA, surviving an earthquake, and I'm Tom Mead stands right before you. Wow. He's pretty much the best person in the world that I could have met yes. and the most like me in terms of of what his passion was and what turned him on, which then I uh, I showed Tom the Pangea shortly thereafter. I took him for a ride in the car, and he was really impressed that it didn't creak and it had a very solid feel, mm -hmm. but also with the finish that we'd spoken of earlier. 
So Tom Mead initially hired me to build his uh, carbon tub with a surface that had the quality and the shapeliness of the Pangea, which I'd taken him for a ride with. He had initially hired uh, Chris Norris, who was a, a chief engineer of the Le Mans winning LMP1 team uh, a couple years before, mm-hmm. and he had built what would have been a standard racing form, which was very flat, and of course it didn't have the sculptural form that a man like Tom desired because it, w- it was all about function. Mm. What Tom hired me to do was come in and take this form that was going to be built with an aluminum honeycomb and use the aviation foams that I have the experience with to create a form that had a lot more shape to it and that had no flat surfaces because as Tom learned under Fantuzzi, that no line, no curve should ever end. And that's really what creates timeless design. Mm. And so for Tom to have something flat like that in his car, I know he, he, he knew the quality of it, but I think once he saw the Pangea, he realized that he'd met somebody that could pull off something better for him. Very cool. Wow, what a wonderful story. Fantastic. Now, here's a very introspective question for you. I love this question, especially of designers. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be, Josh, and why? Oh, what a question. I'd love to be so many cars, Mark. Okay, well, gosh, I think I can fit that pretty nicely into a 250 pontoon fendered Testarossa. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Which Skagetti did in 1958. Yes. And with its unique style and the beauty, we're part of the function back then, which is really where I'm going with the my design. So it was really about form follows function, but in an elegant way. Mm-hmm. Part of its function was to be beautiful. Yeah. This car was named the Redhead mm-hmm. and was as <laughs> sexy as any woman and as strong as any man on the racetrack. And that was my inspiration for the Tomasima 4, and that was Tom Meads. And as, as well, the 250 GTO was in there, but the pontoon fender Testarossa, just such an elegant form. And Enzo really insisted on it, and at the same time, there wasn't really a other than the drum brakes that potentially needed a little airflow, it really just seemed like such a, a wonderful statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a, a nice little story that Tom told me that a lot of people don't know was that he walked into a shop in Costa Mesa one day in the 60s, mm-hmm. and he saw a pontoon fender testerosis in the shop. And Tom said, Jesus, man, those look like pontoons. <laughs> and the name stuck. Wow. Tom told me he was the man that named the pontoon fender Testarossa. Very cool. What another awesome story. Wow. <laughs> well, Josh, up next is the last lap. Before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimball.com. 
Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, Finra Sipic. All right, Josh, we're back, and we're entering the last lap, and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Absolutely. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, I'd say that was advice that Fantuzzi passed on to Tom and Tom passed on to me. Lines that don't end create curves and timeless design. Oh, wow. I love that. (laughs) I love it. That's one of the best answers to that question I've ever heard. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years as a car designer? Oh, absolutely. Persistence. (laughs) I always finish what I start. I never give up, and I take pride in my work. Yeah, great attributes, especially for the entrepreneur. Persistence, perseverance, tenacity, all really important. Do you have a resource that you think our listeners would really enjoy? Yeah, I do. Um, it, this uh, Tomasima story and the Tom Mead story and then how I fit in with it is a, it's a pretty amazing part of Ferrari history that I encourage anybody to look into. Tomasima.com was written by Larry Crane, a very, very well-known Ferrari historian Yes, who wrote a great article about Tom, what I thought was the most uh, accurate and kind article that, that was written about him. Now, how about a book? I know there's a lot of great books out there, but is there a book you've read recently you think our listeners would really enjoy reading as well? Absolutely, Mark. And it's kind of funny. I was at uh, at the Peterson Museum last weekend. Ah, the newly designed Peterson. Wonderful. I was telling the story to gentlemen that worked at the museum about Tom Mead and his deal with Carroll Shelby back in 1968, where Carroll Shelby had asked Tom to design and build the Shelby, Carol Shelby's Cobra Two. Mm. Very few people know about that deal. Uh, Mark Sonnery, a very, very another very astute Ferrari historian, wrote about that in his article about Tom Mead in 1998. And the deal fell through, unfortunately, two weeks later when Shelby was bought out by Ford, as he said, lock, stock, and barrel. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, funny enough, I'm at the Peterson Museum telling this gentleman this this story and apparently the woman that was standing there with us was carol shelby's daughter oh my gosh (laughs) and so i when he told me that uh, i was able to tell her the story and it it felt really nice to give her you know a little a little piece of the puzzle from the past that was even before her the (laughs) book that comes up naturally was snake bit was all about the Series 1 build, and I recommend that as, as somebody that, that's gone through the process, and both with my company and with other startup companies of building a one-off or a, a prototype, that it, it, the trials and tribulations that Carol Shelby went through there, Snakebit is a great book that yeah. really talks about just how difficult it is to make a production run of these kind of things. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources that Josh has shared with us at carsyad.com slash Josh Lang. And his last name is spelled L-A-N-G-E. And there's another great place on the Cars yeah website called Guest Recommended Books, where this book, Snake Bit, and all the other past 400-plus guest books are listed for quick, easy links to buy. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Josh. And this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one 
collector car in your garage. And I'll exclude your builds. So we go back and look at something that someone else designed, someone else built to park in your garage. But don't worry about the cost. I'll buy you whatever you'd like. What would that one vehicle be and why? Well, that's mighty kind, Mark. You're welcome. (laughs) I have expensive taste. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. I would like to say that uh, it's not the car that I'm building, but it is a car that I had quite a bit of influence from, and the car that I'm building was influenced from. That would be the Tomasima 3, Mark. Mm. And as Road and Track magazine in 1970 said in its cover story, all that a Ferrari could be, Mm. but with more sex added. (laughs) It was also featured on 60 Minutes at the same time period. And so this fame that brought Tom wealth and recognition had also, at that point, unfortunately worked against him because... These cars, the Nembo run, these all these cars that Tom had built, he had had help from Ferrari's employees. Mm. So for him to have something audacious like that said about his work, mm-hmm. a man who was his friend, Enzo Ferrari, began to, I think, basically um, had to give his employees a choice of whether they wanted to build for this man or if they wanted to continue to work their day jobs. Mm, yeah. And, and so Tom Mead was uh, unfortunately shut down at that point. And you know what? He he got back in business when he met me. That car is now in Enzo's museum, by the way, Mark. Oh. And it's soon to be joined by the fourth Nembo. And uh, as I don't know if the, the listeners are aware that the Nembo of Tom Mead was arguably one of the, the best special body Ferraris ever built. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Wow. Another great historical story you've shared with us. Fantastic. Well, Josh, you have taken me on an awesome ride today. I've really enjoyed talking with you. I've learned so much, and I want to thank you for sharing your incredible journey with the Cars Yeah listeners and with me. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Tomasima 3? Absolutely. No one could have foreseen the impact that the powerful fusion of American innovation and Italian design would have on the history of the race world. But the astonishing accomplishments of these great men who worked together Bonded by their love of cars is undeniable. Sadly, some of this history has fallen into obscurity and great names forgotten. Let's not forget this dying art form and those who created it, of building cars by hand. Each one-off is an immortal sculpture in motion that lives on long after those who created them. Absolutely wonderful. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and follow what you're doing? Oh, great. Uh, again, the first thing would be I would tell them to stop in on the com website that Larry Crane wrote. It gives an amazing history of Tom Mead, and uh, it actually talks about the Tomasima too, which I'm sure some of your listeners saw on eBay in November listed at $9 million. I just missed getting that. You know, I didn't. I wasn't quick enough on the button. Well, I've, I've got a fourth one for you, Oh, Mark. gosh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Shouldn't have said anything. I didn't win that Powerball, so I may okay. I may not be able to get that for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm, I've got my tickets for next time too. There you go. <laughs> and what are some other ways to learn more about what you're doing? We have the Facebook.com at Lane Concepts, 
L-A-N-G concepts. There's, uh, I'm trying to post as much as I can about the process and, and really try to share the love that I have for it with everybody. So that's going to be the best way to get regular updates on my work. And then LangConcepts.com will have more of the background story and things like uh, your podcast on it. Fantastic. Mark. I appreciate that. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything that we've talked about today here at CarsYad.com slash Josh Lang, or just put Josh in the search bar and his show notes page will pop up with quick, easy links. What a great show it's been, Josh. Thanks again for being so generous with your time and expertise and for sharing all your experiences with me and the listeners. It's been fascinating. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. I I really appreciate your allowing me to spread the word about my work. Absolutely. The pleasure's been all mine. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.